Money Sense is brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group, four-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com and listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Heather Deaton, Wealth Advisor for Ellen Becker Investment Group. Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just north of I-94, between Highway 164 and Highway F in Ridgeview Corporate Park, and in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building across from Winkies. We also service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. You can visit ellenbecker.com for more details. My guest today is Kevin Kane. Kevin's the chief economist for Green Homeowners United LLC, which is a local female-owned residential energy efficiency firm. Thank you so much for joining, Kevin. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. That's great to talk about this today. And what are we talking about? We're going to go through different ways that home energy upgrades can can really impact you financially, save you money in the short term, in the long term, um, different topics like that. Do you want to start out by sharing um, some of your background and kind of what, what got you started in, in what you're doing? What is a chief economist of a, a residential energy efficiency firm? So what we do at Green Homeowners United is to try to help people identify what can we do to help make my home more energy efficient, save money, uh, make it more comfortable. And every house is different. And, you know, every one of us to some degree spends some amount of money to our friends at We Energies to pay for our gas and electric or in some cases propane for others. And a lot of people are always wondering, like, what can I do? Uh, and we stumbled on this in kind of a strange direction where a lot of people can start off in construction and they say I want to start doing insulation and and upgrade people's homes we started working with banks when I was uh, doing a lot of work in health policy uh, working with insurance companies and elsewhere we started working with large institutions and at one point uh, the organization that I was with at the time was really interested in how do we work to put people back to work. It was during a period when there was a lot of unemployment. And so uh, it was with a nonprofit at the time that was very interested in how do we put people back to work. And we saw a lot of buildings. We were actually doing a lot of work in Wausau up north where there was a lot of Mm. buildings where that had been uh, outsourced or or fallen apart uh, and, and really didn't have the sort of modern conveniences that you might expect, like not single pane windows or something like that. And so we started working with institutions like utilities, local governments, banks, to try to figure out how do you improve these buildings. And we came to energy efficiency because not just for carbon saving reasons, but because it was like the sort of things that we all intuitively know pay for themselves over time. Mm -hmm. Lower our utility bills, increase the value of our buildings. The sort of thing that like, yes, it's good for the planet, it's good for our pocketbook, but what I do as the chief economist is to try to work with people like what math makes sense, what improvement should I consider, what's the return on investment of doing this particular improvement versus that one. Because there's a lot of ways that we can improve our buildings, improve our lives, but many people want to know what's the biggest bang for the buck, and that's my job. Oh, that's great, because I think that we all can use that kind of guidance. There's so many messages that come to us, whether it's through media or advertising. Um, it's it's hard to avoid a lot of these conversations. But like you said, when it's maybe just how you intuitively feel about things, and when you said, you know, having a home that feels comfortable, right, having it warm in the winter, having it cool in the summer, 
and also not not breaking the bank on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's just talk about some other things like, you know, why we, we kind of talked a little bit already about why home energy improvements are important. If you want to talk more about that. Sure. I mean, one of the interesting things about uh, making your home more energy efficient, you know, there's a lot of things that people can do to, you know, help the planet in general, whether it's recycling or things like that. But what's nice about upgrading your home is that you're rewarded for doing so with lower utility bills, a more comfortable home, in some cases a healthier home, because there's a lot of interaction between things like asthma and and Mm. how leaky the house is. Uh, But at the same time, like most Americans are spending somewhere in between two to four thousand a year on their utility bills, depending on how big the house is or how leaky or old it is. And that's just money that we're not going to see again. So we're putting all this money into our our electric, gas, propane, et cetera, bills. And it doesn't have to be that way. We could instead be investing much of this money back into upgrading our own assets, our own homes, to make them more comfortable and more positive living experience that we then can sell at some point in the future. But in the process, not have to spend the same amount of money to the we energies of the world right. or whoever. And so it's it makes financial sense at the same time helping the planet. And where my mind went with that is that if you could save $1,000 a year on your energy bills, that'd be $1,000 more you could put towards your retirement funds or your Roth IRA. Um, you know, there's other uses for those funds, college education for, for children, that kind of thing. And I know a lot of attention gets looked at things like electric vehicles and solar panels and the like, and those are all important. There's a lot of tax benefits for emplo- uh, exploring those areas. But it's really going to be in areas like insulation, windows, heating systems, uh, making your home more energy efficient lighting uh, that can both really just make a lot of sense. And I think deep down, we all know that this makes sense, but many people just don't know where to start. Where do I prioritize in my home? What is the biggest bang for the buck? And what are the incentives that go along with it? And there are a lot. So so that's a great uh, point. Where does someone start? I'm thinking for for my home, we've not done a formal energy assessor assessment yet. And a lot of times, you know, this, this time of year where, you know, much of Wisconsin ends up being a little colder. And so you can... Trust your gut. If you feel like, hey, this basement room is far colder than I feel comfortable, or this <laughs> this bedroom feels draftier, that's a pretty good sense that you know there may be something that I want to get addressed here. At the same time, if you want to go a little bit deeper and get some of that scientific, where is the biggest problem? How bad is it? What is likely going to happen? You might want to consider getting an energy assessment. And there's a lot of people in town who can do these. These are trained professionals who come in usually with a series of diagnostic tools, such as a big device called a blower door which measures how leaky your house actually is, quantifies it, shows you where those leaks are. Or maybe a thermal camera where you can see through walls and say, oh my gosh, this wall has no insulation. Uh, And with it, we can say, you know, you may say, Kevin, I think it's my windows. And I might say, well, actually, based on our data, it's going to be more your attic and your basement. Now, every house is a little bit different, but these sort of things we can kind of guide people through and explain to them how heat and energy transfer around the house. And so getting an energy assessment can make a lot of sense. It can also unlock a series of incentives For example, you now can get a $150 federal tax credit just for getting an energy assessment as of this year. Oh, that's great. That's really great information. How how would I find somebody to do that? So you're more than welcome to reach out to us at Green Homeowners United, but there's plenty of people across the state who do this. Wisconsin has its Focus on Energy program, of which almost all the utilities in Wisconsin participate. And so if you go to Focus on Energy, find a trade ally. You can just Google that. 
Focus okay. on energy. Find a trade ally. You can find solar installers, heating installers, but also energy assessors, insulators, whatever your house may need, and we'll be able to guide you through what makes sense. Uh, where some firms like ours go be above and beyond is by saying, here's how you might better afford it. Whether you're financing it, are there rebates, grants, tax credits, we'll guide you through it because I think we all kind of know what we want to do in our houses, better mm -hmm. heating, better windows, but we're not always sure how to pay for it. And the good news is there's a lot more assistance out there than you realize. So so with that, you know, how are banks and financial institutions involved in this type of work? I think this is really an exciting area because when people think of like assistance for upgrading your home, a lot of them think about that low income weatherization program. It's been around since the 70s and they'll go in and they'll add insulation and walls and, and all that sort of thing. But it turns out that a lot of institutions are really seeing the return on investment regardless of, of how big uh, or um, expensive the house is. And so a number of banks and um, um, credit unions have created financial tools to help you finance the improvements that pay for themselves. So for example, Summit Credit Union has a uh, low or has a, a green energy efficient standalone loan program for city of Milwaukee residents. Associated Bank we worked with to do what's called a green mortgage. When you're buying or refinancing, the bank will roll in the cost of making the home more energy efficient. They're not doing this out of the bottom of their heart. They're doing this because it makes financial sense to you and to them. These improvements reduce how much you spend for utilities. Right, which then again allows you to have more extra funds for other things. Absolutely. And same with the federal tax credits. They're not doing this off the bottom of their heart necessarily. They're doing this because they know it puts people back to work. It saves you money. It's the right thing to do for so many reasons. And you should be rewarded for doing that. Talk a bit about the green mortgages to kind of come back to that concept because I've heard that named before. And I know we'll probably touch on this other pieces that are ancillary to that in this show as well. Well, I am take as a point of pride my, my uh, uh, wife, Sadie, uh, and myself, to our knowledge, are the first people in Wisconsin to get one. And I worked with um, Associated Bank, I mentioned them before, to create to be the first to to um, take advantage of this program this program had actually been around for a while it's a Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac mortgage program and FHA and then the VA have their own versions but for the most part most lenders didn't really do them they kind of sat on shelves since the, the mid 2010s and so the idea though is when you are buying or refinancing a house you are allowed generally at the same interest rate you would otherwise have to roll in the cost of energy improvements usually that an energy assessor will say makes sense. Usually up to 15% of the value of the home. So let's take a $200,000 house. You could get to add 30,000 worth of energy saving improvements to the home in that particular case uh, that are rolled into the mortgage. It's not a home equity loan. It's not a second mortgage. It's not any sort of other financial product. It's the same institution that you can um, be able to deduct the, the interest just like you would on a mortgage, that you're able to not have to worry about having a second loan. Uh, but for my own home, we, we bought a, a average-sized, average-price house in West Dallas uh, for the state of Wisconsin, and we were able to add solar panels, insulation, brand-new Energy Star windows, heat pump water heater, uh, insulating part of our basement, ceiling air leaks. The bank put in about $27,000 into our house, but then the real estate appraiser came back and immediately valued the house at over $30,000. So I could sell the house tomorrow, make what we put into it back, the bank gets their money back, my utility bills have now shrunk by more than the bank is you know, charging a little bit more, they're putting a little bit more money in, but it is effectively free for us. So we were able to do all these things that yes, are good for the planet, but at the same time, our home is more comfortable, it's more valuable, 
and uh, it's, it's just something that we're more excited to live with. So we at Green Homeowners United actually worked with lenders all over the state. So we have more than uh, almost about a dozen banks that offer this kind of product. When someone is buying or refinancing, you get to have this extra piece. You don't have to be below a certain income. Uh, anyone can do it. And I think it's that financing part of it because when you have access to equity in your home and you do a home equity line of credit, you know, there's some, it, it's different than a 30-year fixed mortgage. It's different than, you know, a, a, a five-year adjustable rate mortgage. There's differences there. So I think that that is really um, an interesting concept. And again, like you said, too, where it's not tied to what your means are or, you know, what your what your asset level is. It's just something that would be available to work on. Yeah, and so, just being able to say, uh, we've had a number of people who, who wonder whether they should finance these sort of things. They may want to hold out until they can pay it in one lump sum, and that, that's understandable. But at the same time, it can make sense to do the improvements now and spread the cost over time because you're getting the savings over time too. So in many cases, we've, we've helped people immediately save as much as they would pay, if not more. So it was, again, just like with me, effectively no cost or low cost. And so it's better to do it sooner than later and just wait some point to say, I want to be able to write a big check for solar panels. <laughs> Where in reality, it's let's make your home more comfortable now, get the tax incentives now, and uh, see the savings uh, spread out just like the cost. You know, that's great. And with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to actually dive a bit more into what – what are the incentives and how does this look when you really think about diving in? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Heather Deaton, Wealth Advisor with Ellen Becker Investment Group, and my guest today is Kevin Kane, Chief Economist for Green Homeowners United. And we're talking about energy upgrades for residential homes and what that means to you, <laughs> really. Um, Kevin, as we were uh, closing for that, for our break, we were talking a bit about the reasons to, to do things now instead of, say, saving over time to be able to pay something off. You mentioned tax incentives and credits and financing options. I would love for you to talk even a bit more, because as the economist at your firm, I mean, that's what I would imagine that really is a passion of yours. And, you know, you you actually can add a lot of value to people. So so tell me more about that. The good news is there's a lot out there and probably more than you realize. And there's been some new laws that have passed and, and policies that have changed. One of the big ones is called this inf the Inflation Reduction Act at the federal level. Parts of it are not here yet. You're going to hear more of it in, in mid to late 2024 about uh, some of the changes to it. But as of right now, there are ways to incentivize, there are ways to provide uh, rebates, tax credits, in some cases grants to people of certain means, and finance improvements, whether you're looking to do so over like the same term as your mortgage, or whether you're just looking to do like a 0% for 12 months sort of way of spacing out the cost of different improvements. So many energy assessors uh, and, and energy experts can kind of guide you through what 
you might want to keep in mind. So for example, you might be looking at your house and saying, I really want to get new windows. And I've known I wanted to get new windows for a long time. I know they're rather pricey. I'm not really sure where to pick. Do I pick uh, double pane, triple pane? You know, there's all these things. I'm not really sure where to start. We might be able to say, well, if you pick triple pane, there is a $600 federal tax credit for doing so, for example. One that actually resets every year. So if you're thinking, I can't do my whole house this year, but I can do a couple of windows this year, a couple next year, and a couple after, you can get that 600 federal tax credit each time. It's referred to as the 25C federal tax credit. It's in place as of right now. It can do things like up to $1,200 for insulation of the home, up to $2,000 for the installation of a heat pump that is basically like an air conditioner that both cools and heats the home. Uh, so there's a lot of different incentives that people can get, some on your taxes, some in instant rebates. Wisconsin's Focus on Energy program is currently offering rebates and, and late in 2024 they will actually offer more thanks to that Inflation Reduction Act. Right now they can provide things like $1,200 off the cost of insulating your attic because they know how important it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are uh, funds that, that we all pay into through We Energies and others. So it's, it's not really even government money, it's just the, the utilities know that this makes sense. And so they want to encourage you to do the right thing. So whether you're insulating your attic, installing a heat pump, replacing a boiler, there are instant rebates right now that you can use and more that will be coming down the line. We've already talked a little bit about uh, green financing, green mortgages, but again, there's a lot of different programs that are out there. Depending on where you live, depending on your age, your income, there are different uh, programs that might be available to you, but everyone's gonna have access to something. And so talk to an energy assessor, figure out what improvements make sense, and then we can guide you through and say, look, there is a uh, $500 federal tax credit for replacing some exterior doors, or there is a $600 federal tax credit for getting a new water heater. And we can guide you through and figure out what's the best way and how do you leverage all these different incentives. Yeah, that's, that's great. There's so many things to think about. So working with somebody sounds like that could really be a benefit if you have a lot of different things on your mind or that you want to have more kind of more more proof behind what would make the most sense and definitely the ways to use your own current finances and what to postpone and what to do i'm thinking for you know my own um, home and personal situation. I've got a list of things I'm going to ask you about when we're done recording <laughs> to definitely know the best place to start. Um, so, you know, if you want to talk a bit about, you, you, you kind of did about like prioritization or maybe some of the more like you've talked about insulating, heat pumps, windows, you know, that's some of what sounds like I think is usually on a lot of, that's on my mind right now, even just from a comfort of my home perspective. You know, if I um, wanted to do something like that, again, the steps on really understanding what gets, wh how to prioritize that. Well, I'm, in addition to being the economist, I'm also one of the energy assessors at Green Homeowners United. So I've often go into people's homes and I would say that on, uh, in general, in your average greater Milwaukee house, what you're probably gonna see is you go into a home that was probably built before the 80s, uh, I would mm -hmm. say the majority of the areas, they are not built to the same standards as houses are built today. There are new building codes that many of them have been in place since after 2000 or 2010, things like making them less drafty. Or did you know that every single house in Wisconsin built today has to have an insulated basement? And I would say the majority of houses in Wisconsin do not mm -hmm. because the building codes don't apply to old existing houses, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep that in mind. And so I will go into a house and we will try to identify, right, how drafty is it? Where is it lacking insulation? 
And because of some building science phenomenons of how energy and heat transfer through the house, it kind of encourages us to look at certain areas. For example, warm air tends to rise. It tends to leave out of the highest point. I'm very interested in your attic then. I want to go in your attic. I want to see how much insulation is there, but I also want to move it out of the way, find little air leaks, seal them, usually with spray foam, put insulation in, put a lot more on top. And it's like the combination of wearing a windbreaker and a sweater. Mm. You're warmer from both. Uh, while at the same time getting rebates and tax credits for having done so. So it's both comfortable and energy saving. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. What about heat pumps? You've mentioned them. I've heard about them, you know, in recent months as well. Absolutely. So heat pumps are going to be something that all of us are going to be hearing a lot more about in the near future because of a lot of the incentives that are being pushed on it. Wisconsin's Focus on Energy program provides a $1,000 rebate on a dual-fuel heat pump. The federal government's Inflation Reduction Act has a $2,000 federal tax credit for a heat pump. So what the heck is it? Well, a heat pump, they've actually been around since the 70s, and they've been around uh, in other parts of the country a lot more than they've been in the Midwest. If you've lived in the South or New York or Seattle, you're probably pretty familiar with heat pumps. The Midwest, not so much lately. And uh, the good news is that they've become a lot, a lot, a lot, lot better. Basically, it's this idea that as a society, we probably need to get off of fossil fuels to some degree. And especially in some houses that rely on gas appliances, and we're worried about burning gas in our own home, and maybe having carbon monoxide or other combustion gases enter our home. I've spent a lot of time with people with respiratory concerns, and they're like, I don't want this in my house. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Well, heat pumps are basically air conditioners that move in both directions. Where an air conditioner pulls air out of the house to cool it, pulls heat out of the house, excuse me, to cool it. A heat <laughs> pump uh, moves in both directions, pulling heat out of the house to cool it or pulling heat into the house to heat it. And so a lot of times you can have a house that's all heat pump heated uh, with electric backup, but most of the time in Wisconsin, you're going to keep your furnace, you're going to have a heat pump much like you would have a central air conditioner, but you really would only use the furnace below a certain temperature. It might be 30 degrees, zero degrees, negative 20 degrees, it depends how good the heat pump is. But above that number, you are heating the house with electricity uh, far cheaper than you could have in the past, and you are uh, cooling it at the same time. So heat pumps are, are really impressive devices. It doesn't mean you're getting rid of your furnace, but you're using gas a lot less in most of the case. Gotcha. Then, then what? So it runs off of electric, which then would change what your utility bill looks like. You'd be spending a lot less for gas and a lot more for elect, a little bit more for electricity. I will say, in older homes uh, that tend to be under insulated, a little bit leakier, adding a heat pump is not necessarily going to save a lot of money in heating, unless you balance that with more insulation or maybe solar panels. Because while you can make electricity, you know, renewable, you can't really do that quite the same way for gas. Uh, and so I do know people who are thinking, I want to get a solar panel and a heat pump and kind of balance that out. And then that's great. Uh, you're going to see more, more of this with the incentives coming. Um, but again, uh, consider heat pumps. But we usually tell people, seal and insulate the house first, then consider electric heating systems, and then maybe later consider solar when you actually know how much electric you're going to use. So that kind of one, two, three punch can make sense because these incentives are going to be around for over a decade. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense to really look at again the prioritization and with some of the different things and these bigger expenses come that's where you're going to see potentially bigger incentives right so it's a higher cost bigger incentive but at the end of the day it's still an overall bigger investment into your home could make a lot of sense but i 
really like the mentality of being able to prioritize and look at, you know, that sealing things and insulating to make sure that your whatever energy is in your house is stays in your house in the way it's supposed to. I know our attic, um, we had insulated it many years ago, probably 15 to 20 years ago. I'm embarrassed to say that to someone from Green Homeowners no, United here as, you know, that's probably due, probably well overdue for for a, a touch-up on that. Well, here's what I tell people. Like, you didn't build the house, most likely. You know, <laughs> right. you probably acquired that house elsewhere. I do this work for a living, and I have not done everything in my own home that I know <laughs> I need to do. So the first thing is, it's okay. We tell people you are a green homeowner just by virtue of trying to make your home better. And it's a, it's a progress. It's a journey. It's not a destination. There's always other things that can do. But you have people you can rely on experts who want to help you who are on their own journey themselves and so we're all kind of learning this together uh we want to share what we've learned for example when we spent a lot of time insulating basements this wasn't really a thing that people did that long ago unless they were trying to finish it finish mm -hmm. the basement make it more of a living space but if you can see that old concrete wall block wall in the basement which most home homes have you're losing a lot of heat in that area. And so it's kind of like not having socks on when you're wearing a jacket. The whole body's going to be cold. I don't care how good the jacket <laughs> is. And so we try to guide people through what improvements to make, uh, but really focus on what they're interested in. Where are they cold? Where do they want to save money in that yeah, area? That's great. We'll take another short break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Heather Deaton, Wealth Advisor with Ellen Becker Investment Group. And my guest today is Kevin Kane, Chief Economist and Energy Assessor, as he told us in our last segment, um, for Green Homeowners United LLC, which is a local um, residential energy efficiency firm. So, Kevin, let's talk about your, your job as an energy assessor. So walk us through what that would be like, what you look for, that sort of thing. I'm really interested in learning more about that. When we go into a house, our goal oftentimes is to try to figure out, like, where is the energy being lost and how do we uh, account for that? How do we explain it? How do we make a recommendation how to fix it? Uh, and I'll tell it, in vast majority of Wisconsin homes, it's your heating. It's not your appliances. It's not your lighting. That's not to say that they aren't worth looking at. If you have a, an old refrigerator, if you've done what a lot of people do, and you get a new refrigerator and you take the old one and you put it in the basement and you just <laughs> leave it alone, that thing's probably from like the mid-90s. It might be time to get rid of that too. That, that definitely is a source of a lot of energy use. Same with uh, old incandescent light bulbs. We do still see those. Uh, and interestingly, you find them in places you might not even think about, like inside a refrigerator or inside your garage door opener. They do work uh, periodically, and we, we point those things out. But a lot of times our, our mission is to figure out why is this house feeling cold, or why does this utility bill seem as high as it does that the homeowner can't necessarily explain. So I'm going to kind of walk you through mm -hmm. where we look at. One of the first things that we're going to look at is in the attic. Uh, again, as I mentioned, this, this phenomenon known as stack effect, warm air tends to rise, it tends to leave out of the highest point. We care the most about the attic. So we're going to go into your attic. If you have what most or a lot of homeowners have with insulation on the floor of the attic and it's kind of uh, maybe blown in or there's bats of those fiberglass, we're going to take a measuring st stick and we're going to see how deep does it go. In general, the Department of Energy wants about 16 inches of solid insulation between you and outside. It's what's known as R49 worth of insulation. A lot of homes don't have that. Mm -hmm. I would pay about 9 out of 10 homes don't have that. Uh, they may have some insulation, but you 
you know those vertical floor joists that, that you can kind of see sticking out that, that homeowners sometimes put insulation between, but you can still see the wooden part kind of sticking up? If you can see those, you don't have enough. Okay. So just stick your head up. Oh, I can still see those wooden vertical joists. Then let's blow in more insulation. But first, we're going to move it, find the air leaks, seal it to make the house less leaky. Again, like a windbreaker and a sweater and how they work together. After that's done, I'm going to go into your basement. And we're going to look at things like, are, is the, the ductwork coming off of your furnace? Are there big little holes in, in the ductwork where when the fan is blowing, you feel leaks coming off of it? You put your hand again and you can feel the cold air from the air conditioner blowing in the summer or the furnace in the winter. It may make it that your, your certain rooms are too hot or too cold. It's referred to as duct leakage. And uh, we sometimes call it death by a thousand cuts of the mm -hmm. heat is not getting to the rooms you want. Why is this room so cold? Well, maybe it's that. But we're also going to look at, does the basement walls, can I see the concrete walls? And this is, or where the concrete ends and the wood floors begin, it's what's known as the rim joist or the sill plate, it, it, it's above ground. It faces outside. A lot of wires and pipes run through. A lot of mice will enter in these little areas. <laughs> we'll often spray foam that because spray foam is airtight and uh, good insulation. It also stops the mice many times. Uh, and because by definition, this is above ground. And so if you're feeling like, wow, this basement feels cold in the winter and kind of musty and, and um, uh, damp in the summer, a lot of times this is part of the reason. It's because your walls might be condensing from being too cold in a hot summer. It's kind of like putting a beer cozy on a beer in the summer, like better insulation helps make it drier too. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to look at those areas. But after we have, we're also going to look at things like your windows, your doors, because they matter. But from the building science perspective, we care the most about the top of the house and the bottom, and only then the middle. Because that's where you're going to have the biggest bang for the buck, is warm air tends to leave out of the highest point, cold air and, and tends to come in through the low. So oftentimes if you feel air moving, it's that, that air movement from bottom to top. And I've had people call me and say, Kevin, my windows feel so leaky, I can feel all this air coming through. Well, if air is coming in, that means it's leaving somewhere else. And so mm -hmm. put your finger over the straw, stop that air movement. A lot of times it's spending time in your attic. And it seems a little counterintuitive for me to say, hey, your windows seem leaky. I'm going to go spend time in your attic. But again, you're kind of putting your finger over that straw. It can't come in if it's not leaving somewhere else. And so we look at the house and try to figure out what's the biggest area. But if you're doing it on your own home, spend a little time, find leaks wherever they may be around windows, doors, the basement portion that's above ground, the entrance to the attic. Um, Look to see where there should be more insulation. You can uh, rent or, or borrow thermal cameras to look at your own home walls. Or even just see. If I can see bare concrete wall in the basement, I probably need some insulation on that. That doesn't necessarily mean finishing. That is a big project. Uh, <laughs> but insulating the basement can be a lot uh, quicker and faster and feel more comfortable, even if you just plan on using it for storage. Again, you can't really separate certain parts of the house and think it's not going to communicate with the rest of it. I can't have an uninsulated basement Again, it's the same as like not wearing socks and walking outside. You're going to be cold regardless of how good the hat and gloves are. Right. I think, again, I'm going through my own my own home um, thinking about some of these things. Um, and that on the more like do-it-yourself side when it comes to testing out or looking at things, like you said, obviously you can feel your the drafts. That's pretty you know, that, some of that's pretty easy, right? You can feel walls and, and physically feel, you know, if they are cold. But you had mentioned um, renting or borrowing a thermal camera. So, like, what kind of, where would you, where would I go for that? 
Uh, certain organizations can can help you either rent or borrow, and even could be just an infrared thermometer that a lot of people during the COVID era would use them to check people's temperatures without contact. So there actually are a number of them kind of floating around, and you can use them to say, how cold is this wall? Hey, this wall is 50 degrees. There's something wrong here, right? This, this should not be 50 degrees when my thermostat's at 68. And, and try to get to the bottom of why that is. Other little tricks, though, that you can use is... Um, windows nowadays have become far more energy efficient than they used to be. They have single pane, double pane, triple pane. Triple pane are generally the best, but they're also the most expensive. But even more so, they have things like low E coating, uh, low emissivity coating, which reflects light back. Or they might have an inert gas like argon or krypton in between the, the panes of glass. So newer windows are far more energy efficient. But the thing is, the things I just mentioned are invisible. You can't tell if your windows have them or not. Right. Little tricks to do, take a flashlight or a uh, match, hold it up to the window, and look. count the number of reflections of that light you see in the window. If you see two, it is a double-pane window. If you see three or more, then that is a double-pane low-E window or double-pane low-E gas-filled window. And so you know, hey, these windows are more energy efficient than normal. Beyond just how leaky they are, heat going through them. So like little tricks like that, you don't necessarily have to have an energy assess so you can figure out how, how good are my windows. Um, on another one, you can turn on all the fans in your house, your bathroom fan, your kitchen fan, your dryer if it's vented outside. Just basically all the fans you have to blow air out of the house on uh, maybe a windier or colder day. And that negative pressure, pulling all the air out of the house, will in turn pull air in wherever it can. You can kind of do your own version of a blower door test. Not as powerful, but you can say, like, where can I feel air leaks coming in now that I have all this air blowing out? And, and just kind of walk around your house. I guarantee you, you're going to find something you weren't expecting. Yeah, that one's pretty fascinating. In the summer, we'll put, like, a box fan in one window pointed out. Yeah. And you can immediately, in a whole separate part of the house... There's there's a breeze coming into an Absolutely. open window. It's it's kind of pretty remarkable when you think about the physics of it. Absolutely, it is. Some people get those uh, whole house fans, same sort of principle. Like they pull all the air out, which in turn pulls it in. Uh, just be careful not to pull in pollinated air if you have a <laughs> asthma or something. Right, right. Well, let's take another um, short break, and then we will be back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Heather Deaton, Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And my guest today is Kevin Kane, Chief Economist and Energy Assessor with Green Homeowners United, LLC, which is in the Milwaukee area, residential energy efficiency firm. So, Kevin, as we've been talking about, you know, different ideas, things we can do on our own, different people and organizations who can help us prioritize and get more energy efficiency and upgrades into our into our homes and like the reasons behind that you know it's comfort it's sure doing the doing something good for the environment um it's cost savings um you've also mentioned that it is home value improvements so if you could share some thoughts and ways to look at this from a a the impact of the value of the home Obviously, everything is very specific um, when it comes to individual homes, but if there's some generalities to look at. Absolutely. People are always wondering, what improvement can I make to the house that might improve its resale value too, might improve the equity that I have in it? Because a lot of times people aren't exactly sure how long they're going to be in that house. 30 mm -hmm. years, 5 years, 10 years. 
I might be a little worried about a larger energy improvement. If I'm not really sure, I might, you know, five years, I might take a job on the other side of the country. What do I do? Is this, is this really worthwhile? And that's what makes some of the math of the cost-benefit of this a little harder in some cases because people are not exactly sure what to prioritize. Well, here's the good news. Upgrading your home is not just about monthly energy utility bill savings. As important as that is, as well as with comfort, a lot of times it can help improve the resale value of the home as well, improve the equity in your home. But the key thing is, is to highlight it, is to draw attention to it. A lot of people don't stick their head in your attic, so they're not really sure. But you can uh, work on improvements that have been found to be correlated to higher values to your home. For example, there's good research out there that adding a heat pump or solar panels can increase the amount people are willing uh, and wanting to pay for your home because it's, it's very clear that this house is more energy efficient than others. Uh, as of right now, you actually can call uh, We Energies and find out the annual gas and electric usage of almost any property in We Energies territory. So if you're looking at a house, you can find out how much they pay for gas and electric, and your realtor or energy assessor or home inspector can help you do that too. And so you can kind of know, but a lot of times you're, you're going in a little bit blind when you're maybe in the market for a new house. But if you're focusing on your own, uh, look to different sort of improvements that improve comfort. So for example, uh, it's been found that making your basement more of a livable space, you generally get something like 70, 75 cents of every dollar you spend uh, just back in resale value. Uh, which is really up there with kitchens and bathrooms, but it just doesn't get talked about as much. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we were talking about insulating the basement, hey, if you're going to finish it, great, but make sure it's insulated too. You'll get that tax credit, you'll get that, that energy savings, you'll also get the comfort and the resale value. Um, things like brand new Energy Star windows can, can get back 60, 70 cents of what you spend on those windows, and that's just in resale value. So if you're there for a number of years, you're also saving on your utility bill. You're also being able to, to make the case of how energy efficient this home is. Uh, in fact, uh, NARI and the National Association of Realtors did a study a little while back of home improvements that make sense that people want, and they found things like adding insulation, 100% of what you put into it, uh, in the, at least in their piece, you get back in home value. The key tends to be making the case, talking about it with home buyers and, and people interested in it. Uh, one way to do that is to take do something called a home energy score. This is a Department of Energy program that a lot of energy assessors, including ourselves, can do. And it ranks your house, 1 through 10, about how energy efficient it is compared to all other homes nationwide. And there are places in this country that will put that number on the, the M MLS listing for homes. And in some parts of the country, they're required to show uh, like a, almost like a miles per gallon of your house, 1 through 10, 10 being one of the most energy efficient in the nation, 5 being average. We've brought houses to some of the most energy efficient in the nation. I'm only personally at a 9 out of 10. i got a little bit more i got to do. <laughs> but there are, there are industry-accepted ways to prove to home buyers, to realtors, to uh, others about my house is more energy efficient than most, and it needs to be recognized as such in, in the uh, selling purchase equity process. In fact, did you know... You could request an appraiser when you need an appraisal done on your home. You could request a green appraiser, one who is trained and knowledgeable about green improvements in the home, to make sure that they value that accurately. More and more, the Appraisal Institute based out of Chicago has been training appraisers to value and recognize this sort of energy improvements. And so as the world gets greener, as, as tax incentives and rebates make it easier to do, homes are really going to be weighted based on how efficient they are and those that aren't are, are not going to have the same sort of home value as those that are. So we encourage people to do it. You don't have to live somewhere 30 years to get the benefit of this. Right. And I think with that appraiser, 
an appraisal value of your home as an example, you know, there's a lot of other reasons to want a high property value, even if you're not selling. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, with my own example of, of the bank put in about 27000 the value of my house was over 30000 additional because of which I now know that I don't have to worry about, do I need to be in this house 30 years to have made that worth it? I have that comfort of knowing that I did the right thing, I did the comfortable and smart thing, but I'm also not locked in. And you don't always get an appraisal after home improvements, but more and more uh, we are valuing this kind of work, and we encourage you to look into it too. Yeah, I think that that's great. I think there's a lot to think about on this. Um, the other part that you that you touched on a bit was, um, you know, the the energy upgrades, efficiency in residential um, homes, and the impact on on jobs and employment. So. Are we talking kind of specifically trained individuals? You mentioned uh, appraisers being trained on it. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about insulation. We've talked about heat pumps. All of that takes labor and skill Absolutely. and in, to install. You're going to see a lot more plumbers installing heat pump water heaters, electricians wiring houses, not just for solar, but for these heat pumps and other improvements. Uh, we are already training lots of, of even Gen Z and, and uh, millennials into the art of how to make homes more energy efficient. Most of our team actually at Green Home Design is, is uh, train uh, people from those generations because they're very excited. They want to be on the forefront of addressing something that matters, and we can directly feel it in people's homes. Like They'll tell me when they're done insulating, like, this room is much warmer <laughs> after we finish today. I can feel it having worked here all day. Oh, sure. And so let alone the homeowners feeling after we leave. That's great. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that that this type of focus touches in in our neighborhood, our mm -hmm. economy, our families, our like you've mentioned comfort a, a many times on this um, episode, and I agree. It's a very growing industry, and a lot more people are going to go into it. It's not just solar panels; uh, it's heating system upgrades. It's it's all sorts of different improvements. Yeah, yeah, that's really been great. Well, this has been. Just a wonderful conversation, Kevin. I'm so happy that you were able to to hop on the show with me today. If people want to know more about what you do or contact you, what's the what are some of the ways to get in touch with you? You can reach out to us at greenhomewi.com. Again, that's Green Homeowners United at uh, greenhomewi.com. Uh, you can reach out to us, just Google us, Green Homeowners United. Or again, you can reach out to Focus on Energy, the, the statewide program, Find a Trade Ally. If you are in the greater Milwaukee area, you will find us on that list. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for sharing your expertise and knowledge and passion with us. And so as a reminder, Money Sense airs on Saturdays from 2 to 3 p.m. and on Sundays from 12 to 1 p.m. If you enjoyed today's show and want to learn more about Ellen Becker Investment Group and our upcoming events, you can visit ellenbecker.com or call the office at 262-691-3200. As always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen.